Sometimes studying the Bible can feel overwhelming and confusing. Grounded in Truth with Janet Dennison will help you learn to study, understand, and apply God's Word to your daily life. His Word is true. And guess what? It's for everyone. So thanks for joining us today as we dive into Scripture together. To the Grounded in Truth Summer Series with me, Janet Dennison. We spent the past six weeks learning about Psalm 119 and the importance of God's Word for our lives. Today we begin our next study in the Summer Series, Ephesians, Equipping the Saints to Stand Firm. In this study, we will uncover what it looks like to be a Christian and how God equips His people to stand firm in their faith. Paul's message in Ephesians is clear. As believers, we should live our faith by emulating the character of Christ in our personal lives. It's tempting to get complacent over time, but Paul reminds us of the amazing gift of God in Christ and the blessings received as a result of standing firm in our faith. Let's look at this week's lesson. In the last lesson, Paul closed it with a great doxology as he wanted all of his readers to remember and know just how much God adores them. And the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians are such a good lesson about our relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, empowered by his Holy Spirit. And from that relationship, that relationship that is full, that knows how much God did for us and is full of his great love for us, from that relationship, Paul will turn then and say, okay, because of that great relationship between you and God, here's how we need to live in this world. And chapter four marks a shift in Paul as he's gone from encouraging us in our relationship with the Lord to encouraging us to live out that relationship with others, to allow that relationship with God to flow through us to everyone else around us. And so in chapter four, he begins by begging them to know something. Paul writes, as a prisoner for the Lord, and he does that for a reason. He writes to them saying, as someone who has given his entire life to serve God, even to the point of going to prison for God, I urge you, I beg you in the original language, Paul says, I beg you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Paul begs them now, now that you know who you are in Christ Jesus, I beg you to live a life worthy of this grace gift you've received. He says, be completely humble and gentle. 
Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is a verse that kind of says it all. If you are a Christian, because you know you're amazingly loved by God, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. What does that mean? Make every effort to live as the Holy Spirit leads you to live, unified with the will of God through His Holy Spirit. Make every effort, Paul says. And he says it from a prison cell in Rome, saying, I beg you, even though I'm a prisoner, it's worth it. Sometimes I think we receive Jesus as our Savior and then just kind of get on with living life. Paul would tell us, he would beg us, don't do that. He would say, I urge you with everything you can to make every effort to live a godly life, a spirit-led life. It's humble, it's gentle, it's patient, it bears with one another in peace, in love. Why is unity in the church possible? Because all of us have been given the same Holy Spirit. But it would be wrong of me not to pause and say the opposite then also has to be true. Why is unity with other religions not possible? Paul writes that answer in verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There are so many um, words of encouragement to the world today to just get along, to just let people be people, to just let people believe what they want to believe. It doesn't matter as long as they're faithful, as long as they're good people. And that's frustrating. And as someone who has taught Bible for a lot of years now, I can honestly say to all of you, that we weren't given permission to encourage people to believe there's another way to heaven except through the one message, the gospel message of salvation. Do not care what religion people believe is to not care whether or not they go to heaven. Now, how do we present the gospel message? Paul will talk about that. Part of our problem these days 
is we present the gospel wanting to be right instead of do right. And that doesn't work. And so he will talk to us. How do we share this faith, this one hope, this one spirit, this one message of salvation? Why is there just one? Because there's only one God. There's only one faith. This God who is sovereign is father of all. He's over all. All things work through him and for his good purpose alone. He's in all things. How important is it that we settle on that knowledge, that we don't assume the world is just fine as long as they're good people? It's not the message we're allowed to believe according to scripture. Why is that? In the garden, Christ prayed we would be unified. I, I believe it's John 17, when Jesus is praying, sweating drops of blood, and he prayed we would be unified, one people, one family, one message, under one God. And in verse 7 of chapter 4, Paul writes, to each one of us, grace has been given, how? as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, and he quotes an Old Testament passage, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. That's why the prophets knew that Christ would ascend and then the Holy Spirit would come bringing gifts for all people as Christ apportioned them. We'll talk about spiritual gifts. There's lists of spiritual gifts throughout the Bible, God gifted you through his Holy Spirit in a unique way to serve his kingdom. And it's so important, you know, how it is. God gifted you so that you can know how you are called to serve. When he ascended on high, the Holy Spirit came and we were apportioned grace by Jesus Christ. What's God's purpose in our life today? Verse 9, he answers the question, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Remember when Jesus said, You'll do even greater things than these. And we wonder, what does he mean by that? It's because when Jesus descended from heaven, he limited himself to a human body, one place at a time. He descended to take on flesh so that he himself would need to be led by the same spirit that leads us today. He was submitted to only doing what the Father told him to do. And now he's ascended higher than all the heavens. Why? In order to fill the whole universe. How is that happening? 
there are very few nations in our world, if any, that do not have a Christian living in them. God has filled the whole universe with us, the power of his Holy Spirit in our lives, in the lives of Christians everywhere. What is then this holy standard for serving Christ? What is it we're supposed to make every effort to accomplish? It says in verse 11 that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Why? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. To equip his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Why did God or Jesus Christ through his Spirit call some people to be preachers, prophets, evangelists, teachers of his word? Because it's the job of those who give God's word out to help you be equipped to do the work of the ministry. That's a flaw in our culture today. We look at a pastor and say, well, that's his job. He's the paid professional. Of course, he witnesses for Christ. It's what he's paid to do. Understand, I'm married to a preacher and I'm a teacher of God's word. The reason I do this is to equip you to do God's ministry in the world. I want the teaching of God's word to grow all of us up. I grow as I learn to teach it. I hope you grow as you learn it. Because the goal, the thing we are to make every effort at doing is to be a mature Christian. One who's attained the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What happens if the church is not equipped by the word of God, the teaching of his word, so that the people can do the work of the ministry, so that they can mature and be strong? Paul writes, they'll be like infants, tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I have to breathe deep there. One of the things I see happening, even among people in the church, is that they're led away by false teaching, the same as this church was led away by false teachers. They're led away by words about God because they're not well grounded in the word of God. 
It's happening in our culture, especially in America. It's happening throughout the world. What is false teaching? It's any teaching that goes against the words found by the prophets, the evangelists, the preachers and teachers in scripture. You have to be mature in God's word, equipped with knowledge of God's word so that you can discern whether something just sounds right or whether it actually is right. Truth, perfect truth, is found in scripture. No book written by man will have perfect truth. And so we teach, we preach, so that saints can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. What is a mature faith? My favorite. Paul writes, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There are other places where Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. Here, he describes Christ as the head, the driver, the motivator, the thoughts. But the head can only go where the body itself carries it. The body needs to be mature, functioning, working together, all ligaments, no distractions. That's the point. A mature believer is the member of the body of Christ who will take Jesus where he wants to go and do so with strength and accuracy, not tossed about by false teaching because they're so grounded in what they know Jesus has taught. We're held together. And doing what we do in love, that is our work. Paul then goes on to describe what life looks like lived apart from God's Holy Spirit. He says, I tell you this and insist on it, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, as non-believers do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Why did God call us as teachers, preachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry? Because if you listen to the teaching of the world, you'll be led away from the words of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's 
futile thinking to think like the world. It's ignorance if you don't know God's word and live according to it. And when we develop habits and beliefs that aren't in line with the word of God, our hearts get hardened to the actual voice of God in our life. One of my most difficult phrases is when someone wants to believe something the world, the word of God teaches is false, and they say, well, I feel like, or I believe. It's ignorance to put your faith in human opinion instead of God's truth. And Paul says every time we do that, we get a little hardened to what is actually true. In verse 19, Paul describes what happens when we allow false teaching to cause us wrong belief. He says, having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. If your life feels a little apart from the Lord, maybe right now, maybe you're not as close to the Lord as you would want, this is a great place to run back to. Go back to the pure truth of God's word. Go back to learning and reading the Bible. Go back to working hard to understand what the Bible meant and still means today. How do we choose to live a life that isn't hardened or misled or full of false teaching and, and false direction? He says, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. Paul says, I didn't teach you to live like that. When you heard about Christ and were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul said, I didn't teach you to live according to the ways of the world. I taught you to live like Jesus, to put off those old ways, that old self that we all know still rises up. Our old habits are still part of our Christian life. But we put those things off, almost like, in fact, the, this expression Paul uses is like they're the outer garment that's dirty and soiled. And you take that and you put it off so that you can then put on a clean garment, that clean attitudes, clean minds, and this new self. Put on your God self. Put on your new life in Christ. That life is called to be like God. It's to be truly right with God. It's to be holy, set apart for God. 
And Paul says, that's the difference between walking with the Holy Spirit and the teaching of God's word and being overly influenced by the things in this world. As we close, I would say this is a good time to take inventory. How convinced are you that the word of God is truth? Paul would say, be very convinced and to work your entire life at living according to its teaching. It's what makes you righteous. It's what makes you set apart as a child of God. And it's what we should put on for the world to see. Take some time to pray. Ask God if there's any belief that you need to take off and throw away. I'll see you next time. Are you looking for a Bible study that you can do with your coworkers or friends, or even just a shorter study for yourself? Visit foundationsbiblestudies.org to pick out and start your new digital Bible study for free. Here at Foundations, we provide a variety of Bible studies from in-depth studies like Romans to shorter studies like In Step with the Spirit. And most of our studies include digital teaching from Janet, along with downloadable resources like reflection questions, commentary, and even teaching guides. Whether you are a seasoned student of the Bible or new to studying scripture, we have a Bible study that can help you grow in your knowledge of God's Word. To sign up for your free study today, click the link in our show notes or visit foundationsbiblestudies.org. See you there.